Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us with another conversation with Clint. I am joined today with uh, with another member of the House, uh, State Representative Seth Grove. This is not backward uh, podcasting. Um, we are in our offices today because we felt like we needed to get this done. We didn't have time to do the whole setup. Seth couldn't make it up. And we don't have time to try and send it uh, down to Harrisburg via our slow internet issues that we have here. But we felt like this is important. We are here today talking about House Bill 2463. State Representative Seth Grove, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. Glenn, it's been a pleasure. And am I like your favorite legislator? I see it to be on your podcast a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are on the podcast a lot. It's all good. I enjoy it. I enjoy no, I, it. I, well, hey, here's the deal. You're a super active legislator. Um, you are uh, always engaged in, in hot topics around around the state and, and working on really great policy um, for the for the Commonwealth. And speaking of that, House Bill uh, 2463 is one of those bills. This is your bill. Um, this is something that you kind of picked up and led the charge on. Um, we got it through the House and the Senate. Um, it's a transparency, uh, right to know type bill. Uh, it would it would require. Well, I'm not going to talk about it. You you do the talking about it. It's your bill. Tell us a little bit about um, what it is, what it's not, why we have, why why the urgency today. Now, folks, if you're listening to this, we're recording this on Thursday. It probably will post on Friday. A lot can change in 24 hours uh, in the Commonwealth, so we don't know that what's really going to happen with this. But just so I wanted to put that into context. But um, Rep. Grove, talk a little bit about what the bill is, what it's not, what it would do for the Commonwealth, and why it's important. Yes. Yeah, so it, it it's a really simple bill, um, basically from what we've seen from the administration since the beginning of this emergency declaration is they shut down state government, and part of shutting down state government is they didn't allow their right to know offices respond to right to know requests. Now, we in the General Assembly, the Treasurer, the Attorney General, the Auditor General, counties, local governments, police departments, school districts, county row officers have all responded to right to know requests this entire time, entire time. Uh, the administration decided that they're gonna shut it down and not respond to anything. Under the right so, to know so law. Before yeah. you go to any further, what is a what is the right to know law and for folks that don't understand what that is what is a right to know request so the right to know law was put into place um maybe maybe 10 years ago ish uh basically it, it's kind of like the the federal government FOIA process freedom of information act it is the public's way to request documents officially uh from their government it's, it's one of the most effective openness transparency bills in the history of government. Um, it, it ensures that the press and the general public has access to government documents um, and they have uh, appeal rights and um, can access those documents um, that, that they think they need or, or want or desire. So the right to know stuff is good. It's ultimately a good deal because it's transparency. It's showing people what's going on. Helps the general public understand what what we're dealing with. It's data. It's information. So folks, Correct. this is important stuff. So Correct. okay, keep going about House Bill twenty sixty three. Yeah, and it's very protected by the press because when the press asks a question and they don't get a full answer, they may have to do a right to know request to actually get the answers 
Uh, and it's again about government accountability too, right? Um, how do you hold the government accountable if it doesn't have a requirement to share its information with the general public? Um, so House Bill 2463 does a couple things. Under the right to know law, there's, there's a provision in there that allows uh, suspension of right to knows for emergency declarations. Now, you know, 10 years ago, emergency declarations were thought to be uh, uh, damage to physical structures. So there is flooding in Harrisburg and state employees literally can't get into uh, a state office building because of floods. Or, you know, joking with a reporter, let's say a giant sinkhole opens up labor and industry um, and it falls 500 feet into the ground. You know, state employees don't have to go spelunking through the nether regions of Pennsylvania to try to find a document, right? That's that's insane. So basically you say, yeah, you, you don't have to answer these. Uh, this health pandemic is completely different. Um, the physical buildings are fine. The worry is people congregating um, and passing on coronavirus through contact. So state employees have been home. Um, some have been working. Uh, we don't know if everybody's been working the entire time. Just like the General Assembly, some of our employees were remotely working. You know, many of us kept their district offices opening. We showed up in Harrisburg during voting sessions. We had the option of obviously voting um, at our district offices or Harrisburg offices. Um, but we still answered all of these right to know requests. And it, we had like, uh, last I looked, we had 14 and we answered all of them. Actually, the day we are, uh, the day we voted this on the House floor, um, we actually got a right to know request and was responded to um, less than 24 hours. Um, so you can do it. Um, two, yes. um, it it allows the Office of Open Records to set guidance during an emergency declaration. So it's just not we're we're completely open and no matter what, you have to respond to a right to know request. Office of Open Records has been setting um, advisory guidance to handle right to know requests um, since March 12th. And it's changed based on the governor's um, dictates or his, his orders, right? Um, so right now, it's all agencies should be responding to right to know requests. And it's been like that uh, for a few weeks now. Um, so the bill basically says Office of Open Records will offer guidance on how to deal with each emergency as it comes up. Um, you could have a case because we have multiple offices throughout the state, state, state offices, right? So if if there's um, a problem in Philly, that doesn't mean Harrisburg should shut down their right to know operations or something happens in a in a in a state office in Erie um, that doesn't impact a state office in Philadelphia um, Two, weighing that employee safety with transparency. How do we do that? Um, I think we've done it well, Treasurer's Office, there's there's plans on doing that, um, particularly with this epidemic. If no one's in a state office building and an employee goes in there to get a document because of right to no request, who are they gonna get COVID-19 from? There's nobody else there. It's literally one person. Um, so there's ways to do it. Um, that doesn't mean you, you shutter the entire system. Maybe instead of a 30-day um, extension, ORR says we're gonna do 45 days uh, just to give extra time. I think those are reasonable requests where you can maintain that sense of transparency. 
particularly doing during government superpowers, right? Like governor has unilateral control. The Supreme Court multiple times has upheld that control. He he's running the complete the complete state, right? Basically kicked us out of, of anything. Um, so with those, we should have additional scrutiny. That's where the third part of this comes in. It requires that under emergency declaration, any data, how they collect the data and how they use the data is open to right to know. So the public knows how that administration is making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis with the data they're using. That would be wonderful. That's something we've been trying to get, you know, because if the data supports the decision, I got no problem with it. If the data doesn't support a decision, I got a problem with it. And we're making policy decisions in Harrisburg based on data. So if the data is good, then we can make good policy decisions. If the data is bad, and we do, but we, if we can't get our hands on the data, that's a problem. So, so here we are today, this, this passed unanimous, unanimously in the House and Senate, which is for, for folks listening, like that's kind of a big deal. Like to get unanimous support right now on anything mm -hmm. is good. I mean, that's a good deal. That's the Democrats and the Republicans working together. Wonderful. Yep. This is a transparency bill. Both the Democrats and the Republicans, we all want it. It's a good thing. Now, and we thought the governor would probably sign it because how do, how do you how do you veto a transparency bill? Especially mm -hmm. someone who, when they ran, ran on transparency and, and has said that they support transparency. But now the governor is messaging that. Um, sometime this week is thinking about vetoing that mm -hmm. why why would why would the governor veto a bill on transparency we've called for him to su to support it and go ahead and sign it and let's get these let's get these records open so people can see why what's what's the reason what what are you hearing from from the governor's administration as to why they would go ahead and veto this so earlier this week, it started with one, uh, we're worried about um, employees going back into buildings to get documents. It was a it was a uh, employee safety issue. And part two of the conversation was it's going to open up all these records that aren't supposed to be opened up. Um, so the, the right to know law has a bunch of exceptions. So an exception would be personal health care information or school building plans or um our blueprint to combat um like a, a, a computer virus and, and hacking and cybersecurity, uh, all that stuff that you sh probably shouldn't um how many undercover state police troopers do we have out in the field and what are they doing right now like, like all that public safety stuff you know reasonably should be accepted and we build those exceptions were built into the underlying right to know law so we're on the House floor, the Democrats filed an amendment to actually put those exceptions into the bill. So that's already built into the bill. Now, I don't know if the governor's office read the previous version or they just have a bad attorney. Like, I don't know how they got their information about how it's gonna open up all these documents uh, because the protections were put in there. And you know, that was a Democrat amendment. Um, we missed it, I missed it. Drafting the bill, they called it. It was the right thing to do. Um, so we adopted it, passed unanimously, right? That's how the legislative process works. Um, so I hosted a um, press conference, kind of a policy discussion with the media's right to know expert. And we drilled down on that, uh, all the protections that are built in there. So that fell by the wayside. Um, so the governor was in in your county, um, his home county, where, where I'm at right now. 
Uh, he was visiting our local hospital. Uh, he was talking about how you should wear masks and um, thanking the frontline workers for, for working this entire time. And he was asked during his public comments about House Bill 2463. And he, he said he's, he's fine with the bill. If you were a legislator, uh, he would vote yes for it. Um, but it's very problematic. Um, and his problematic reasoning goes back to that employee safety once again. He's like, it's just the, the 30 days isn't long enough. Um, and again, I don't think they, they fully, fully vetted the bill to say Office of Open Records will set the policy on that. So if 30 days isn't enough, Eric Arneson's pretty easy to work with. Call the guy up and saying, hey, listen, we got a little bit of backlog. We're having problems. Um, can we work out something where, where we need to extend this to 45 days? Yeah, he's a very reasonable person. Um, and, you know, he has employees, too. Um, so they're, they're, they're fully aware of, of weighing those public safety issues, personnel issues with providing transparency. Um, so I, hopefully we've beat that back. Um, Eric Arneson shared with me all of his iterations of all of his advisory um, notifications on Right to Know. Um, we got those over to the governor's office. So hopefully, hopefully we address all of his concerns. Um, you know, everybody from the ACLU, Common Calls of Pennsylvania, uh, News Media Association, um, you know, people are calling for, to get this passed because they want to make sure there's transparency and openness. So we have to wait and see what's going to happen. He, he, he just doesn't like the bill. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. pretty obvious. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want it. It's going to it's going to put a bunch bring a bunch of stuff into the light uh, mm -hmm. from from the COVID stuff and beyond. And. And it not even really, I mean, because all this stuff was in place pre pre COVID, but it, it is going to break. I wish we need more asking for it. And I think it's going to be helpful for the general public. But he doesn't like it. He just doesn't yeah. want to do that. It's very obvious. Trying to come up with some rationale, but not, it's not happening. So let's say, let's, let's go with a couple of scenarios here. Okay. So say the governor decides to veto it. What's the next step? If he signs it, that's a that's a big win for for the people of the Commonwealth. So we know what's going to happen there. We're going to see some transparency. We're going to have access to data. The, the media is going to be able to actually drill into some some of the issues. Hmm? If he vetoes it, what's the what's the next step? Where do we go from here? What do we do? Yeah, I, I think the next step is is coming back and doing a veto override vote. Since it's a House bill, we'll start in the House. So the House members will have to come back to veto override. It requires a two thirds vote of the House. And a two-thirds vote of the Senate. Now, when you have unanimous support, so we currently have 202 members in the House, 50 members of the Senate. All 252 of those members voted yes for this bill. Now we're down to 251 because our Speaker resigned, and that special election hasn't happened. Um, but everybody that voted for the bill is still there in the General Assembly. Um, so the big question is, particularly for our Democrat colleagues, is do you back a transparency bill? on the merits that is a good bill and it's something that the people of Pennsylvania want? Or do you do a partisan vote and back your governor because he just doesn't want to disclose his data? Well, that's um, a hard call, right? How would you do that? I mean, to me, if if I was the governor, like I, would, I wouldn't want to put anybody through that, you know, because it's, it's really going to be I mean, how do you vote for something, at, you know, one day and then a few weeks later vote against it and all this and there's not really new information and there's nobody saying that this is 
you know, a good idea to, 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 to not do the bill. So that would be a very interesting process. But I, I hope, I mean, if, what are your thoughts? Do you believe that we would come back and, and do a, a veto override? Yeah, I think we'll definitely be back to do a veto override. Um, if I'm a Democratic lawmaker, I'm calling Governor Wolf and his staff every single day asking him to either sign it or allow it to become law, right? So it's kind of funny, like it, when, when, when he's like, he's got a PhD in government from MIT. His, his um, doctoral thesis was on congressional conflict, like legislative conflict. That was his, that was his thesis. Um, for, for, for a guy that is that astute and that educated on government, um, it blows my mind that he doesn't understand that, you know, he, he said he'd, he, if he were a legislator, he'd vote for it. His veto power and his, his power to sign a bill or allow a bill to come law, um, those are legislative powers granted to him in the Constitution. It's part of that check and balance system. He right. has a check on the legislature through the veto power or signing a bill. The presentment power, which we've heard a lot about over the past few weeks. Um, his his veto is a no vote signing it is a yes vote and he's blessed he can abstain like we, we can't abstain we're yes or we're no we can't abstain he can actually abstain too he can not and sign it a lot become a law it just becomes law and his signature doesn't have to happen yeah um so he has three options versus us with two um but that that's a legislative power so when he says that if he were a legislator through his actions of veto and signing, that is his legislative action. That is him acting as a member of the legislative branch. Um, so, you know, you can't say I would I would vote yes. Like you can vote yes. Sign it. Put your Jan John Hancock on that on that paper and it's done. Or you could abstain. You can do that, too. You get the end result of, you know, I didn't like it, but the people want it. I'm going to allow it to become law. Um, it's 10 days from presentment from when we presented it to him. Uh, that would be Sunday, the 26th. So if he does nothing with it by the 26th, it's now law. Um, if he vetoes it, hopefully we can come back quickly, do a veto override. Um, and then if he signs it, I, I think that would be phenomenal. And it'll really cement, like by him signing that, I think it really cements his legacy as a very transparent and open governor. I mean, for, for a governor to say, you know, I, you know, I, while I'm not perfect, I may have made mistakes over the past few months. Who hasn't, right? It's new. It, it's pandemic. No one knew how to handle this. Um, but I am, I am a hundred percent solid in the decisions we made, save lives, and I'm willing. I'm willing to expose my data to prove my case, which he has not done yet. Yeah. Um, so I love how you put that, though. Like, so his legacy as as his job and what he's, how he's operated is really hinged on this bill, I think, because you are either going to be known from here on out as somebody who supports transparency mm -hmm. and open records and being able to see, or you're not, or you're literally going to be someone who says no, you know, and, and I think, well, what that's, that's a big deal. You know, that's, that's, that's not something small. And so hopefully He'll, he'll make the right choice and, and go ahead and sign this bill. Um, but I, you know, this will be a, a veto override, you know, option. And I think, you know, it puts, 
you know, obviously I would support this. I support transparency. I think, you know, you did a great job drafting this. The Democrats helped in the process to, you know, solidify and make sure it was, you know, we're, we're, we're protecting the areas that we need to protect. Um, but you know what? It, it, so the folks, that's the deal with House Bill 2463. You've probably heard a little bit about it. We put out some press releases on it because I think it's important. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes. By the time this comes out, we may have a decision. We may not continue. Mm -hmm. So call it action, Seth. Folks need to be engaged on this. They need to be talking about it on social media. They need to be reaching out to the governor's office. They need to be reaching out to senators and reps. You know, they, mm -hmm. even our constituents, you can reach out to me if you want, but there, you can also reach out to other members too and, and the governor's office specifically. But um, sharing stuff like this on social media, talking about it on social media, calling the governor, that's, that's a big deal. The more traction we can get to, to get House Bill 2463 signed into law or at least allowed to become law is important. So th that would be my call to action. Did I miss anything in the call to action? No, I, honestly, I don't know if you should call the governor's office. I actually don't know if anybody is there to answer the phones. Yeah, they're not there answering the phones anyways. <laughs> yeah, but social media, uh, particularly tweet, tweet like tweet at the governor at gov tom wolf at governor's office um those, those are great ways to get his attention uh they track that they look at that they know they they know the who's who's tweeting about what um you know i've been using hashtag sign the bill hashtag transparency matters uh, uh when, when i do stuff so that stuff helps uh facebook just going out there and and uh, post it on his Facebook page and comments or, or just generally posting, you know, Governor, please sign House Bill 2463 to bring transparency and, and answer all yeah. those questions people have. Every day I see more data come out. I have more questions than I have answers every single day. And that shouldn't be the case. We shouldn't yeah. be able to we shouldn't question what the government is doing during a pandemic or emergency situation. It should be them explaining it, showing us the data, the details and why, and us, you know, you're either accepting it or not, um, but but they really have failed in their communication and providing the, backing them, their decisions up with data. And one thing that people have reached out to me and quite a bit and said, hey, why aren't you guys working together? Why can't you guys work together with the Democrats? Well, listen, folks, we have on this bill, and this is a bipartisan, you know, bill. We've all, this is, if, if there was a bill that we've all agreed on and tried to work together, it's transparency. So to have the governor all of a sudden try to kill it is is not a good thing. And that's why it's so important. We can finish the deal and actually show the Commonwealth that we can work together in the midst of a pandemic and we can get something done. Um, this is that bill. So thank you, Seth, for your time. Uh, appreciate it. Any closing thoughts, remarks before we sign off here? Always appreciate being on. Uh, keep up the great work, and uh, uh, always appreciate working with you on, on legislative stuff. And uh, you're a heck of a legislator, and you do a great job in Harrisburg for your people. They were very lucky to have you. Well, hey, policy is where it's at. You know, we got to have. We don't have a shortage of issues uh, in the Commonwealth, so we don't. working on good policy. I'm not. I'm not someone who thinks we need a lot more laws, but we need to fix the issues that we have. So. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is a good this is a good bill. So thank you for your leadership, folks. That's it for today's conversation with Clay. Thank you for taking a few minutes here and listening to this podcast and viewing this vlog. Um, I realize you you sacrificed some time today to to watch this. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We appreciate what you're doing in our communities. 
and look forward to continuing to serve you. If there's any state-related issue that you have, please don't hesitate to give our offices a call. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help and serve you. So that's it. Have a great uh, rest of the day, and we'll talk to you soon on another edition of Conversation. Conversation.